Yeah. 
western sun And recalled his life he had lived by the gun His heart was heavy and felt all hope was lost He called his stallion to a halt and cried out to God And he cried, oh Lord, save my soul church and heard a choir singing loud. As he walked through the doors, he fell upon his knees. Tears filled his eyes and he said, I have believed. And he cried, the Lord saved my soul. Jesus, I 
Ask me to stay Close by me forever And love me, I pray Bless all the dear children In thy tender care And take us to heaven To live with thee there And take us to heaven To live with thee there Not girl to the girl. 
Thank the Lord for our young people and the songs they sing. It's always a blessing. And uh, I'll be honest with you, the church that doesn't have patience for their young people is a church that's going to be dying. I am thankful and I'll take all the time that they need. And I just uh, thank the Lord for our young people. What a blessing our young people are to us. We have a lot of young children out today, a lot of sickness. I want you to pray for the many that are out. I know Parker and Presley, they're sick, Jensen's sick, and uh, the Barkers are sick. And I mean, I mean, there are just so many up the road here to Stevens's, and Brother Jared and his boys. And just, just pray for all these that are sick. Lord will just give them everything they stand in need of, and the health and uh, the uh, the ability to get to feeling better soon. I tell you, they say it's been pretty rough. Uh, I just pray that I don't get it. I tell you, but uh, it is good to be in the Lord's house. We thank God for His blessings and the good service we've already had today. We're going to be bringing a message. Uh, if you'll turn to the Book of Romans in chapter eight, we're going to continue. Uh, with the thought of last Sunday night and this past Wednesday night in the teaching of the same thing that Brother Jim was bringing out earlier today. You know, so many have taken the Word of God and a lot of folks today just look at it and they'll, they'll take it if they like it. If they don't like it, they just leave it alone. They forget that this is the very breath of Almighty and what God has given us is a declaration of what He wants us to be. He gives us everything we need in the Bible to be the perfect or, or at the very least the, the Christian that He wants us to be. There's coming a day when we will be vacant of this old body of sin. There's coming a day when we're going to be vacant of this, uh, this old fleshly nature in us. The nature that likes to lash out. The nature that likes to be uh, uh, sinful. The, the nature that uh, is, uh, is, a, is a curse. And that's what it is, folks. Uh, sin is a curse and it has cursed our nature. And our natures from time to time get in the way of good godly living. But as I was looking at this, this study in the last few weeks, as we've been dealing with uh, the different doctrines of the Word of God, I'm going to conclude uh, our doctrine on sin this coming Wednesday night, Lord willing, as we deal with, the, uh, the, as we deal with rebellion. Rebellion is 
something that is always against God's word. Rebellion is of the devil. Rebellion is of that spirit, the spirit of Antichrist. That's what rebellion comes from. And rebellion is one of those things that leads good godly people to where they shouldn't be. It leads godly people in a path that brings about their own destruction. And many times the casualty is the destruction of families, the destruction of churches. So as we are looking at this, this thought today, as we continue our Sunday night and our past Wednesday night sermons, I'm going to ask a question again. Now last this past Wednesday night, I brought about a message on which spirit do you follow? And I want to ask this question today. Which spirit rules within you? We know that the one who is fed the most is the one who's going to be empowered. Whatever you do in life, I mean, whether it's uh, uh, regardless of what it is, whatever you feed the most is going to be the one that's most powerful in your life. I want you to think about this. Now, as we look at this, in the book of Romans in chapter 8, we were here this past Wednesday night, but I want to go back to this. As we go and look at verse 9 down through verse 17, then we're going to go to the book of Colossians in chapter 3. The Bible says here now, you're saved by the grace of God, or maybe you're not saved by the grace of God. I want you to think about this for a little while today. You know, there's a lot of people today that are pretending to be sheep, that are actually wolves. There are a lot of people today, as you, as the message I preached back, I think it was around 2006, on the, the make believers and the pretenders and the believer, which are you? The life we live will portray exactly who we really are. So I ask again today. What spirit, what spirit rules in your life? The book of Romans in chapter 8, here in verse 9, the Bible says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And again, I want us to, I want us to think on these things because there's something that's going to come out within the next week or two that, that I know it's going to surprise a lot of people. Some things that are going to, are going to be revealed that's going to catch a lot of people by surprise, maybe. And, I want you to think about this in our lives and we here at the Emmanuel Mystery Baptist Church we have an obligation and, I, and Brother Jim said it very well a while ago 
When men of God come to this place, they feel the Spirit of God. They feel a they feel a freedom to preach what thus saith the Lord. And I've never had a man to say, man, that was hard to preach. Folks, I want you to know something. What God's people, what God's people reveal about us here is something that I feel that we need to really protect. Because there's things that's going on in the world today and things that are going on right around us in the circles that we know that are going to catch some people off guard. You wonder from time to time about the spirit that lives within you. And you wonder from time to time, is it the right spirit? Our lives will portray it. The Bible again says, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, in other words, if you're really saved by the grace of God, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies, these these old bodies of temporal flesh, by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. And is that not what we see in so many churches today? People that are living after the flesh. People that are consigned to their fleshly desires, regardless of what they say is going on in their lives. As I said, there's a lot of people out there that are actually wolves in sheep's clothing. He says here now, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Now that's the key right there, my friend. This is the the key text that I want you to get a hold of. Are you being led by the Spirit of God? What rules in your life? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In other words, there is proofs of salvation in your life if you are following after the Spirit of God. But if you're not, those fruits also will bear witness. The Bible says in verse 15, For you have not received the the spirit of a bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. What spirit rules in your life? The Spirit again it says in verse 16, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that you suffer with Him, that you may be also glorified together. Now, over in the book of Colossians in chapter 3, I want you to look at this with me now. Colossians in chapter 3 
You know, I was <clears throat> I was listening to a man the other day who is a who is a very renowned man of God, a preacher, a Baptist preacher, uh, and uh, this man, as he began to bring this out, I, I believe this is a thought that he was going with. There are those in the church today, and in his church, as he was beginning to open this up, that say they're one thing, but yet they're totally opposite in their physical lives. He says as he said that, there was a gasp filled the house. Folks, I want you to know something. It ought to surprise you. It ought to take you and set you back if there be those that are in the house of God that are pretenders and make-believers instead of being real believers of the, of the God of heaven. He says in the book of Colossians in chapter 3, and begin reading at verse 12. Now, the Bible said, well, in verse 1, the Bible says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Now, folks, this is the one... This is the one way that you can get a hold of, of what is the truth. Are you seeking the things that are from above? Are you seeking after the things that's gonna, are gonna bear witness in your life that you are a child of the King? Verse 12 says, since we are supposed to be this Christ-like child of God are some things that we're to put on. And verse 12 says, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy and kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another Oh, I'll tell you what, these are, this is the antidote to the spirit of the flesh. This is the, this is the, this is the cure to the spirit of the flesh and fleshly desires. And living after the things that the devil would want you to, 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 to really propagate in the house of God. These things and thoughts of anger and these things and thoughts of, of, well, I'm better than you. You remember what I said Wednesday night? Listen, there every member of this body is important. There's not one member in this body that's not important. Every last member that makes up this body is a child of God and you're vitally important to the well-being of this church as a whole. So here... What is being said is that we need to be, we need to have this spirit about us. In other words, the spirit of, of forgiveness, the spirit of, uh, of being, uh, uh, of being compassionate and filled with mercy and, and having ourselves in a act and a, in a, in a work of humbleness. Now, we go on down through here as we as we look at this. It says, and, and above all these things, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. 
And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you're called in one body and be you thankful. And here's where Brother Jim was at this morning about the Word of God, the, this, this precious truth that is holding in your laps even now. And let the Word of God or the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom in teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord and whatsoever you do, in word or deed. Now, I'm going to stop right here for just a moment and I want you to think about our words. I want you to think about our actions or the deeds that we propagate in our lives. Think about it. When people look at you, what do they see upon your face? When people look at you as an as a just an individual, maybe you're out in the world, maybe you're maybe you're in a place where, where nobody else knows you, what do they think of you when they see you? Here the Bible says, and whatsoever you do, do in the word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Which spirit rules within you? Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we once again humbly come before your throne, we do thank you for the day which you've given us. Thank you, dear God, for another time to be with your people as we gather in this house to worship in spirit and truth. Father, you've already examined our hearts and our minds. You've already looked deep into the recesses of our soul. You've gone where humanity cannot go. There are those in our world today who pretend to know what someone is thinking. But yet... In reality, only you can do that. Lord, I pray that you will open our eyes today. There be those here that are lost and undone. Maybe they think that they're all right. Maybe they think that somewhere back in their past they have got things settled with you. But Lord, I pray that if they're not saved by your grace, may your convicting power rest upon their hearts this morning. Lord, may you help them to realize that there's more to being saved than just saying it. May each and every one of us live it. May we have a heart for our brothers and sisters in Christ. May you bless us this day. Forgive us, O Lord, for the sin which we have done. For it's in Christ's name, his sake that I pray. And amen. I stated at the onset of this message that there's some things that are about to come out within the next week or two that I feel is going to be a shock to some people. Maybe you, it's a thing that you never saw coming in. Maybe it's something that you never thought would happen. But as we see how the devil works, we see how people uh, began to, to become a... A, a, a work of, 
uh, of the flesh in the lives of other people, we see how our words, our actions can be destructive. Does the Spirit of God dwell in you? Has there been a, a new resident move within your being a, that has absolutely, and, and this is one thing I like. I, I mean, I like to hear people say, man, I'd like to do something, but, but the Spirit will not allow me. I mean, that's a proof right there that, that yes, our flesh from time to time gets riled up. But it is the Holy Spirit that resides in the saved, the redeemed, that keeps us from doing sometimes what we would like to do. Now, I will say this, that there's, there are times in our lives when we have fed to the, to the fleshly man a lot more than we've fed to the spiritual man. And those two are remembered, they're always against each other on the inside of us. There always is a, 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 a boundary there that from time to time we allow the flesh to cross. When we do that, that's when the Christian, I'm talking about people that are really saved by the grace of God, that's when the Christian begins to be led by the wrong spirit. You know, Again, I think it's a testimony to this body what men of God say when they come here. I think it's a testimony to the saints of God that reside in this place when men of God come into this place and they say, I love to preach at the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. You know why? Because there is a spirit of, of willingness to receive the engrafted Word of God. Now to be in a place where the preacher is always always under scrutiny is a place that's hard to preach in. And it is a place that is that is a, a, a field with a, a anguish from time to time and and families are are often destroyed in places like that. I'm talking about preacher families. I want you to think about something, who you are, what you are. And as I said, here in the next week or two, something I believe is going to be revealed and, and this something is going to be something that's going to be good for, for one group of people but not so good for the others because the Bible states that, you know, concerning the man of God, he is there for your well-being. And he ought not to be feeling like he is in a place where his work is not... How do I say this? That he's not fulfilling his duty as a, as a pastor. Because of some things that's been said or done. Now folks, listen... Don't be so quiet in here. I'm not talking about us here. Uh, you men, you know, you need to stand behind your pastor, amen? There you go. Stand behind your pastor. 
Listen, you know, I, I've often, these are messages that are, that are really pretty strong messages, but they're needed messages, not because that you're in a position of, of failure, it's because I know the devil outside the door, I know what he would like to do with this body, he would like to make it a place where men outside don't like to come and preach. I've got a church in particular that I have a hard time preaching in. And I've got a time preaching it because of, of some of the power struggles that go on within the body. And as we look at these things, we understand that in certain areas, in certain cases, that is going on because the wrong spirit is being fed. The wrong spirit is being fed. In some places and sometimes I wonder... If the Spirit of God is in a person at all. Amen. You have to wonder from time to time where there is a where there is a, a spirit of, 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 of bitterness and a spirit of malice and a spirit of hatred and a, and a spirit of, of, of evilness that comes from a person. You have to wonder, is the Spirit of God even there to begin with? Is there a marked difference within your character? You see, within each individual, a set of characteristics which bears witness of the individuality of each human being in the world or in the past world or in the life to come will speak forth. What does your life bear witness to today? Do people see a marked difference in your everyday life? How does this change take place? You know, here's where we come down to the point where people often ask. This was asked about me one time in my past. What, is, what in the world is wrong with John Lybrook? You know what it was? I was living in sin. I was living in debauchery. I was not the Christian that I should have been. And the reason why is because I was feeding the old man more than I was feeding the new man. And my life bear witness of it. Well, I was a member of a church. Of course, I was over Salem. I mean, it's the only place I've ever been just about since I was a little boy. But when I was there, I had people to look at me and say, what's going on? My life was bearing witness. My face was bearing witness that something was wrong in my life. I was feeding the old man. So, you know, oftentimes we have to stop and step back and take stock. Am I saved by the grace of God? I mean, is there something going on in my life so bad that I have to ask myself, am I saved? And this is where I was at, especially back in the 90s. I was, I, was, I, was a, I was not a Christian. I was not Christ-like whatsoever. I mean, I lived a life that was not portraying the life of Christ in my everyday walk even. And the people that I hung with, the people that I run with, listen, they had no idea that I was saved. You know what I mean? So there was a message preached one time. Brother Grigsby preached a message that really 
got a hold of me. I mean, it ripped my heart out because I know that the message was for me. And I began to take stock. And I asked myself this question, am I even saved by the grace of God? Am I saved by the grace of God? Listen, has the gospel, God's gospel, got a hold of my heart? What do I mean when I say God's gospel? I mean exactly what God's word declares what the glorious gospel is. The glorious gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not repeating a prayer. It's not just walking an aisle and shaking hands with the preacher and agreeing to everything that he said. God's gospel has a way of getting a hold of your heart. It has a way of crushing the old man inside. So God's gospel is one thing that you need today. You know, oftentimes I've talked to people about, they ask me about salvation and, and, and the one thing, I, you know, I'm always careful of is telling them to do this or that. Listen, I won't do that. I'll give you what the gospel is. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then I'll say you must believe upon the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ if you're ever to be saved. And then I say, listen, and you need to repent of your sin. Men have perverted the glorious gospel down through the years. The reason why there's so many churches today that are falling apart at the seams. The reason why there's so many make-believe Christians today that are, that are destroying the churches wherein they are residing is because they have never had the gospel of the Lord penetrate their hearts. They've agreed to a, to a historical evidence. They've, uh, they've repeated a prayer or they've been baptized or they've walked in aisle or whatever it is, they raised their hand, you know. I don't get into all that stuff. I don't believe in all that. I believe in preaching the gospel. Let the gospel do the work, amen. If God's spirit is there, listen, there'll be a change in an individual. Listen, as I said, men have perverted the glorious gospel so, so much that the first century believers, they wouldn't look at it at all like it's the real gospel. They say, what do you mean? I mean, if Paul and, and John Mark and, and Matthew and all those men would hear some preachers today that stand behind the pulpit preach what they say is the gospel, they would laugh them to scorn. they say, that's nowhere near the gospel that the Lord Jesus Christ gave us. So the reason why today so many churches are failing because there's so many lost members in it. There's so many that have never been regenerated. There's so many that, that feel like if it hadn't been for them, the church wouldn't even exist. Listen, it's the Lord's church, amen. It's what it is. It's the Lord's church. I had a man to tell me not too long ago where he's speaking to somebody else and he was talking about the church as it was his church. This is not my church. And when people... Sometimes say, well, I'm going down to John Lybrook's church. It ain't my church. I'll correct them real quick. This is the Lord's church, amen? This is the Lord's house. 
And listen, I want you to know something today. That the the Lord himself will change an individual when they come to know him personally. He will change them. The Apostle Paul made mention of one thing about somebody who who, uh, perverts the gospel. You know, I've been ridiculed. I've been I've been told you know what you're just a bigot or or you just uh you're you're not very friendly. You won't tell me God blessed me and and all that. And listen, the Bible tells me not to say that to people that preach another gospel. That's what the that's what the book says. Amen. The book says, listen, if somebody preach any other gospel than what you've been given, you let them be accursed. And you're not even to give them God's speed. You know what that means? You're not to say God bless you. You know, I had a man, he, he told me one day as we was at the hospital, and this preacher, he looked at me and said, God bless you. And I said, well, I'll see you. And he gave me a funny look. He said, ain't you going to say God bless me? I said, no, sir. I just kept a walking. I wasn't trying to be mean. He preached a different gospel than I preached. He preached the gospel of baptism which brings salvation. Baptism never was meant to bring salvation and nor can it bring salvation. So today as we look at this scripture, as we understand what God's word says the gospel really is, I ask you the question, have you submitted yourself to the real gospel of Jesus Christ? Listen, if you're, if you're a person who is a troublemaker, if you're a person who is vindictive, if you're a person who is trying their best to, to destroy somebody else, ask yourself this question, have I really received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior? Have I submitted to the right gospel? Even within this, this scripture here, as we look and we think about John chapter 3 and 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. The Bible says in John three thirty six, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. The Apostle Paul declared in the book of Romans in chapter 1 and verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, because it is the power of God unto salvation to those that what? Believe. To those that believe. From the Jew first and also to the Greek. So I ask you today, have you really believed? Have you has the change occurred because there was a real gospel preached unto you? This is this is the reason why I'm really careful with children. Listen. You know, in, in days past I've seen preachers as they as they get children all worked up, they will, they will get them to agree to anything and everything. And listen, instead of, uh, instead of just sitting back and watching the Holy Spirit work, then they're rearing up children that have never been saved by the grace of God because they didn't understand. They never were touched. They were, they were affected by, by man maybe, yes, but they never were affected by the Holy Spirit. I ask you this today, have you been affected by the Holy Spirit? Has a change taken place in your life? You know, children, now, you know, I think of, I think of uh, some of our children that have been saved by the grace of God. You know, I just sat back and I'll sit with a parent inside the prayer room here and I'll just tell them, I said, now you tell me what's happened to you. I don't... I don't lead, and you, and you can ask any one of these, these young men that have been saved by the grace of God, you can ask them all, what did I do? I listened to what happened to them. 
Folks, I want you to know something. It's easy to get a profession out of a lost sinner. But when there's a real work in the heart, listen, you sit back and watch and you'll see something take place. Amen? Now secondly, I want you to look at this. Has, there, has, the, has the change that took place in your life, was it because of conviction? That's what I'm saying. You know, is it conviction? Did conviction make a difference in your life? You see, God's gospel shows us how sinful that we really are in the eyes of the Almighty. Has that ever took place in your life? We like to look at ourselves as pretty good people, don't we? Listen, I know that even after saved by the grace of God, I'm still a wretched sinner. I'm still a sinner that needs uh, the grace of God in my life. How much more so was I before I was saved by the grace of God? How does God see us? Isaiah 64 says that He sees us as if we're just wearing filthy rags. All of our righteousnesses are just like filthy rags in the eyes of the Almighty. I ask you, have you received the right gospel? Has conviction, has, has God's powerful convicting conviction made you see exactly what you are? You're not all right. If you're not saved by the grace of God, if you've just, uh, if you've just uh, uh, raised your hand to some preacher saying, raise your hand if you want to be saved, or, or if you've been, or if you're one of those that was led in a sinner's prayer, or, or if you're one that believed that you're shaking the hands of the preacher up front, does it all. Listen, the Bible says there has to be a pricking of our hearts. We need to be sorry for sin that we have committed. That's what conviction does. It makes you see your worth. You know what we are? We're sinners. Just like, just like those that are saved by the grace of God, we're still just sinners. And the Bible says, listen, there has to be a convicting power there. And listen, when the saint of God sins, when the saint of God tries to do something to hurt somebody else, listen, does it bother you at all? If it doesn't bother you, I, I dare say that you may, may not even be saved by the grace of God. Because God's Spirit will look at you and say, hey, put a stop to it. God's Spirit will look at you and say, hey, it's time to quit that. You're hurting one of my sheep. Listen, if the Holy Spirit hasn't dealt with you like that, you might want to stop and consider, am I saved by the grace of God? Am I saved? God sees us in the light which reveals everything about us. Within God's gospel, listen, that life of sin revealed and and, and, and it shows the hidden things of our lives. And if that don't bring about a feeling of resentment toward us, you've got problems. You've got more problems than somebody that's sitting beside you in church. Listen, you've got a problem of the heart and, and it needs to be dealt with. You need to know that, listen, I need salvation. Because the thing about a saved person is that when we sin against one another, you know what? It ought, to, it ought to break our hearts. It ought to. It ought to. 
True conviction breaks the heart of the sinner. If you're you're not saved with the grace of God, real conviction is going to show you what you really are. And you're going to think, man, I need to be saved. I need what he's got. I need what they have at that church. I need need, need something special inside. And true conviction brings that about. True remorse and sorrow for sin is felt within the being, within the very depths of our soul. Listen, if you've never had that, you need to repent today and trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you've never had that feeling of of conviction when the Holy Spirit uh, uh, deals with your heart over whatever it is. Listen, if you're saved by the grace of God, you're a member of the body, listen, and you have done something to hurt somebody, it it is something that the Holy Spirit's going to reveal unto you. That's what the Holy Spirit does to us. He reveals hidden sin in our hearts even. Things that we think we've got all covered up. Things that we think that is that is that is protected by our our uh, our <laughs> our uh, our demeanor. You know, sometimes we walk out of that church and we're all smiles. But what's happening during the message? What's the what's the fidgeting all about? What's going on with you? You know, the Bible tells us here that, listen, and this is one thing that as I, and as I was preaching at, the, at this place, and there was, a, there was a, a certain couple there, and man, they were, they were getting all upset. I could tell by the way they were acting. They were all upset, and, and things were not right in that church, and I could tell it. I could sense that things were not, things were not going well. And you can see it. Folks, you know, I'm really wondering about the salvation of, of the soul when they're able to try and destroy another person I wonder about the, the salvation of the soul. You say, where's all this coming from? I want you to be protected. I want you to know. I want you to protect this body. If you see something like that going on, listen, the Bible tells us we're to put it out. We're to squelch it. We're to, we're to throw water on that. Don't let no fire get going in this place. This is, this is a special place, folks. You're special people. You got to be careful. Listen, make sure you're feeding the right spirit. Make sure when the Holy Spirit convicts you of your own failure that you repent of it and get right with the Lord. Amen? Because if you don't, it's going to be a canker and a sword. It's going to eat through the whole church. So we got a duty. The Bible says in verse 17 of Colossians 3, And whatsoever you do in word or deed... What does that mean? That means, number one, our voices, our, our mouths ought to be putting out something that's graceful. It ought to be putting out something with humility. It ought to be putting out something that, that spells that I'm a child of the king. We're out of time. What happened to that old jailer when the Lord got a hold of him? He was changed, wasn't he? 
You know, he had already, he had beaten Paul and Silas. He had whipped them beyond measure and he had, he had chained them up in the innermost part of the dungeon where it's damp and nasty and wet and probably rats running everywhere. He had beat the far out of them. But then when the Lord got a hold of him, guess what happened? He had a change of heart, didn't he? He had a change of mind. He had a change of attitude. As a matter of fact, he brought those men up out of there after their chains had been broken asunder. He brought those men forth and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What, am I, what, what must I do to have what you've got? You see, he was a changed man. He was changed. Real conviction causes one to fear and tremble. You know why? Because you realize God already knows all about it. Fear and trembling comes from a person who has been found out. Conviction brings about unrest. You see, that's what was going on in my life back in the 90s. I was filled with unrest. I was being convicted over the life I was living and I was filled with unrest. I mean, I was a miserable wretch. And everybody that looked at me knew that I was miserable. Every time I come to church, I was miserable. I showed it. It's not something I'm proud of, but it's something I can tell you about because God changed my life. Folks, I want you to know something today. That when there's a change takes place, you start wanting to feed the, the spiritual man, the good man, the good side. You want to feed that. You don't want to feed the old man. Now listen. You know what change, what, what change takes a place? Listen, there, number one, listen, you've got to hear the gospel. That changed my life altogether. Secondly, you've got to have a conviction. You have to be sorry for sin. And then the next thing that takes place is real repentance. I know our radio audience is already gone. But I want you to think about this before I close. There has to be a real repentance. People need to be sorry for sin. This is one thing that's never preached anymore. You don't hear preachers talk about repenting. You don't hear people uh, uh, standing behind the pulpit saying, Listen, you're a sinner and you need to repent. You know, why you're going to run everybody off if you start doing that. Folks, that's the biblical way to bring about what God's Word says. You've got to preach on repentance. Even to save people need to repent. Even saved people need to repent. If you have knowingly hurt somebody with your life and maybe just a voice or maybe just a look, if you've knowingly hurt somebody, listen, you need to repent of it. You need to make things right. But listen to the lost man. Listen, I want you to know something. You need to repent today. I can't look at you in the eye and pat you on the back and say, well, you're going to be all right, old buddy. No, I can't do that. You've heard the gospel. You understand what conviction is now. Now I ask you, have you ever repented of your sin? Repent means to think differently according to the Greek definition. It means to think differently afterwards. It means to reconsider your moral state and feeling. It means to be sorry. Have you ever come to a place where you're really sorry for the sin that you've committed? God's gospel will bring about a real repentance.
This is the reason man's so-called gospel will not. It won't even bring about conviction. It will not produce repentance. Man's gospel doesn't. Man's gospel is that which kind of lets you stay in charge of it. huh? What does God say? We're not in charge of salvation. We're not in charge of nothing. God's gospel should prick your heart. God's word should prick your heart enough to cause you to have conviction. And God's word causing you to have conviction ought to bring about a true repentance. The book of Acts reveals several acts of repentance. And you know, we see it where in Acts chapter 2 where you know, many of the people were saved by the grace of God in that early first century church. When they were saved by the grace of God, it was because they had heard the gospel. They were convicted. The Bible says they were pricked in their hearts there in the book of Acts. Yeah, it means they were convicted. It didn't mean that they were just mad at the preacher. They were convicted, pricked in their heart. You see, conviction can bring about, will bring about salvation, but I want you to know this also. Conviction, according to God's word and the gospel message, will never send, will never send an innocent person to hell. Conviction is there to remind you, you heard the truth. Folks, I want you to know something today. I thank God for my church family. I thank God that we always have the freedom to preach what thus saith the Lord. I thank God that we have men of God who will come in here and say, Man, I love preaching here. You know why? Because they have, they have a people that love the Word. It's not that way in every church. Like I said, you're going to hear some things here in the next week or two. Probably going to surprise some of you. But I want you to know this. I want you to think about this now. God, God has a place for each and every one of us. Pastors are placed in the church by God that's going to be a good place. Now, understand this. It's not, and this is one thing that, you know, you have to, you have to come to, to terms with ourselves about a man of God leaving. There comes a time in a man of God's life when he knows because God's dealing with his heart. But listen, make sure that if you, and you know, we, we've heard this and we, we witnessed this pretty close. People just got tired of, of a preacher. You know what they done? They, they, got, they got him out of there. Even though he was preaching truth. Even though he was preaching the word. Even though he was a good pastor. Even though he was a going pastor. Even though he was a, a sympathetic pastor with the church. They just got tired of him and said, it's time for you to go. Let God do the moving. Amen. Let God do the moving. That's when it's going to be best for this body. It didn't come out the way I wanted it to. Because like I said, I'm not preaching to this church about this body. This is something that's happening in a, in a sister church. But I want you to be careful. I want you to know, I want you to know for a fact that you're feeding the right spirit. I want you to be, I want you to have the right, I want you to have the right demeanor 
The only way to do that is to have the right spirit being fed because he's going to overpower the weaker spirit. Make sure the weak spirit is the devil. Make sure the old flesh that we like to go with sometimes is always weaker than the spirit, the Holy Spirit. You make sure that you're on the right side. Make sure you're feeding the right one. This church will continue to flourish. Folks, I'll tell you what, this, this church has flourished. It's not because of me. It's, it's because the Holy Spirit, I believe, is, is, is enjoying what we see here. I really feel like God, I know He watches over us. I know in this house right now, He is here. He says that, doesn't He? Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm going to be there. You know what he's doing? He's already viewed our hearts and our minds. He knows everything we've thought of. He knows everything that's gone through our, through our hearts and minds throughout this whole message. He may have heard a huff and a puff. I don't know. I hope not. But listen, think about it. We're God's people. This is God's, this is God's building. I'm talking about you as a people. I'm talking about you as a, as a group of individuals. You're God's building. You're God's makeup. God has built you. Let us always remember that and to be careful and make sure we feed the right spirit. Let's all stand, please. I listened to John MacArthur the other day, and you know, I don't agree on everything John MacArthur says, but I'll tell you what. There's some things that I, I can really rejoice in with when I hear him speak. And he just says it just like it is. Folks, that's the way you ought to be. May God help us today to, to, to receive the engrafted Word of God. I mean, re- receive it. And, and what I'm saying by that is grow with it, grow with God's Word. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before your throne, we thank you for the day that you give us. Father, we ask now that you bless your words that went forth. And Father, continue to protect this body at all costs. Lord, I pray that if it comes down to it and I'm the reason for failure of this body, move me, dear God. For I pray that you would protect this church. Watch over, dear God. Father, let her continue to be that bright, glowing light. And may it be so, Lord, that people look and, and when they see us, they say, I want to I wanna be like that. Lord, bless, watch over us, forgive us our sin in Christ's name. And amen. Have our song leader and our pianist to come.